0: And for the next half hour, I'll be reading from the May 25th issue of the Buffalo Rocket on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. On the cover, we see those gorgeous red, white, and blue flags lining the street. Memorial Day 2023. This year, Memorial Day takes place on take, took place on Monday, May 29th. Memorial Day is observed as of 1971, on the last Monday of May. This year, it was Monday, May 29th. It honors those who serve every year. It honors those of the U.S. military who died in American wars. One of the biggest Memorial Day traditions is for the President or Vice President to give a speech. Another is for the president or vice president to lay a wreath on soldiers' graves in the largest U.S. military burial ground, Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia. The history of Memorial Day goes back more than a century and a half in our country's history. Three years after the Civil War ended, on May 5th, 1868, the head of an organization of Union veterans, the Grand Army of Republic, the G.A.R., established Decoration Day as a time for the nation to decorate the graves of the war dead with flowers. The annual Kenmore Memorial Day Parade took place Monday, May 29th. The parade took place on Delaware Avenue, beginning in the town of Tanawanda, continuing into the village of Kenmore, and turning into Lincoln Boulevard, ending at Elmwood Avenue. The parade featured bands, service organizations, dance groups, and fire departments. Veterans and active members of the military were honored and thanked for their service to our country, and, of course, we remembered those military personnel who died in service. If you are interested in next year's event, you can contact the Brownscheidle Post for more information. Totally Buffalo Festival 2023. The original shop local large scale event is back and bigger than ever. The sixth annual Totally Buffalo Festival is now a three day event at the best venue in Western New York, Buffalo Riverworks, 359 Ga- Ganson Street. This will be the 6th year of the festival and it will be 3 days instead of 2. Oh, I think this is past. The event started Friday, May 26th from 3 to 8 p.m. and it went to May, from to May 28th. S- they celebrated Memorial Weekend on the water with 100 local artisans, great food, live music, awesome drinks and loads of fun. There were over 100 local vendors offering buffalo themed signs, shirts, towels, jewelry, photographs, paintings and more. The event was free to attend. If you want more vit, more information, again, probably for next year, you can visit www.buffalo-riverworks.com, event, totally-buffalo-festival. Hurdle Alley Mural Fest 2023. Arts Services Incorporated, or ASI, and Buffalo Common Council Mentor member Joel, F, Joel P. Forledo have announced the artists chosen to paint live mural art during the 2023 Hurdle, Avenue, Hurdle Alley Mural Fest, which will take place on June 10th and June 11th. The festival hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day and will take place in Hurdle Alley, which runs behind businesses from 1225 and 1301 Hurdle Avenue in Buffalo, in North Buffalo. These artists were chosen from a pool of 99 applications for their strong artistic voice and their excitement for the community engagement element of the festival. For some, this will be their third or fourth time painting a mural, but for many, it will be their very first opportunity to create a work on this large of a scale. All of the artists will be on site for both days of their festival to paint their assigned mural site and engage with the community. The festival's focus will be on live mural painting, but it will also include music and other arts activities throughout the day. The Hurdle Alley Mural Festival will showcase a diverse group of artists and add more public art to Hurdle Avenue, said council member Ferletto. Hold on one sec, I need to... Sorry, I needed to find the next page. It said it was continued on four, but it's actually continued on three. So let me go back to this. The Hurdle Alley mural festival will showcase a diverse group of artists and add more public art to Hurdle Avenue, said council member for Leto. As a North Buffalo native, it's an honor to have an art piece in the heart of the place I grew up. I'm looking forward to showing the process of mural making alongside other artists for the community to experience, said participating artist Danielle Seva. I'm beyond thrilled to have the opportunity to participate in this year's Hurdle Alley Mural Fest for the first time, said artist Kishanta Cleveland. To me, community art is a great way to tell a story visually, and the way in which it allows viewers the opportunity to interact and engage with art created by local artists, both new and experienced, is always exciting and inspiring. For more information about Hurdle Alley Mural Fest, visit wwwasi On the cover, there's also a black and white pictures of several older women in some interesting dresses and they are all wearing hats. And this is a memory from the Buffalo Rocket Archives in May of 1984. Ladies and Their Hats. Ladies of the North Park Presbyterian Church held their annual luncheon and fashion show at the Park Lane Restaurant. Pictured above left to right were Mrs. William Meredith, Mrs. Robert Dilcher, Mrs. George Steeb, Mrs. Leroy Clock, Mrs. Donald Lincoln, and Mrs. George Blackstock. On page two, we see sports, and if only this were true, no rain allowed on Saturdays. The Hurdle North Park Youth Baseball League picked up their season this past Monday night after a Saturday morning downpour washed out as many as 20 house games, scheduled over seven divisions, and put the brakes on a great start. Shoshone Park is the place to be in the spring as crowds gather around Diamonds to watch some exciting plays made by boys and girls in their games each night during the week and on a Saturday. All games are meant to be instructional for these young players, but you wouldn't know that after watching the swing at bat or a throw a pitch. Let's take you right out there for all the action. Monday night's action saw the Devils in the Rookies Girls Division win their game, second game of the season, shutting out a very good Shamrocks team 3-0. The victory, combined with a win over the Ravens last Friday night, gives the Devils two wins in a row after playing four games, ending in a tie or a loss. But for these 5-7 to seven year olds, their team is just getting started. In Rookie Boys, the Royals and Yankees have gotten off to great starts. Both teams were undefeated going into the matchup with three wins in a row. The Royals hung on to win the game 11-10 to after taking an early lead in the top of the third inning. Jaden Diaz of the Royals blasted a three-run home run to put the Royals up halfway through the game, but a tough Yankee team batted back in the bottom of the sixth inning to come within one. Finn McGowan had the game's winnings hit for the Royals. In other games, the Angels defeated the Athletics, and the Astros played to a 2-2 tie against the twins in Rookie Boys. And double A girls play the Bears Defeated the Razorbacks six to two. Seven divisions are in full swing now, four boys and three girls with another girls division that just started Tuesday night of five teams. These are major girls, ages eleven to twelve year olds named Bruins, Cougars, Ducks, Griffs, and Huskies. This year's the girls' team's names are based on the nicknames of prominent major colleges or university girls' softball teams from around the USA. Their uniforms this season proudly display the team names in the school colors. The Griff's uniform colors are blue and gold. With Memorial Day approaching, the league took a break from play, but they will continue all through June. All teams will make the playoffs and will need to win to keep playing. Divisional brackets will be set up based on teams won and lost records in all age levels. If a team loses twice in the playoffs, they are free to go home. In other games from last week, Stella Seats of the Purple Eagles almost hit for the cycle when she homered, tripled, and doubled, accounting for six RBIs, and teammate Skylar Lawrence keyed the offense. Keyed the offense in a big win over the Gators last Thursday night. In Triple A boys, Lucas, Adam Zach Carey, and Joe Latempio both homered to lead the Orioles to a 7-6 win over the Athletics in an exciting game. Bennett Armstrong knocked in teammate Chris Cipola for a go-ahead run. Tim Bartles and Patrick Lee Kelly each hit ground grand slam home runs to lead the Royals to a 16-7 slug blast win over the previously undefeated Tigers. The Royals now stand at 4-0 atop the Tigers who are now 3-1. The Mariners Naveen Ladori went 3-3 three three and scored 3-1 runs to lead Seattle to a 7-5 win over the Yankees. Teammate Eric Smith had two hits and got the game's final out. Turning to page four, we see Northwest Buffalo Beat by Dave Gallagher, also known as Joe Bortz. What are they thinking? I love Buffalo, born and raised in the city of good neighbors, moved to the suburbs later in life, but western New York is my home, and unlike others, always will be home. Nothing like being here in the beautiful spring with the new flowers, the buds, and the green, green, green grass. The fresh smell in the air, nice warm summers, the evening breezes, never too hot, never reached a 100 degrees, usually cool nights. The fall is spectacular with colors that look like silent fireworks. Then we have winters in western New York, harsh, cold, snowy, icy, bleak winters, which we are famous for. Almost everyone nationwide wide, knows that it snows in Buffalo, and it snows a lot. When I was younger, the winter did not bother me that much. Having always been here, it had to be accepted. Just get through the winter as better days are coming. Bundle up to go outside so you don't freeze. Layers of clothes, hats, gloves, boots. Do your best to stay warm when you're inside. More blankets, more sweaters. Maybe a cozy fireplace to sit by to make it a little better. Let's face it. Unless you ski or snowmobile or play hockey, you hate the cold. At least I do. That is why 35 years ago I made plans to spend my winters in Florida, where the sun shines every day in the winter months. Here in western New York, in the winter you do not see the sun for days. Lots of people have escaped and moved to warmer climates. My eldest brother decided, after he came home from World War II, being based in warm southern Italy, he did not want to live in the cold. After he married a local girl, he moved his family to California 75 years ago. He's now 98 years old, and he never looked back. It is also a known fact that Lake Erie is a natural snow machine and dumps, not inches, but feet of snow in the south towns, Hamburg, Orchard Park, Lackawanna, etc. It happens just about every single year, especially in the early winter before the lake freezes. If you live here, you know that as it is common knowledge. We have bad winters, sometimes early with lots of snow in December and January. Those are playoff months in the National Football League. That is also common knowledge. So explain to me why they are going to build an open stadium in Orchard Park, built for a professional football team pretty much exclusively, one that we hope will be in the playoff for years to come. Knowing that with the snow situation in the South Towns, why subject professional men to the conditions that transpired last season in Orchard Park? We even had to play a home game in Detroit because they have a dome. How embarrassing was that to us as a city and what the players had to endure. A former Buffalo Bills player who now plays for a different team claims the weather was a major factor in the Buffalo Bills loss to the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. Due to the slippery conditions of the playing field, the receivers could not run their patterns right, so many of the connections could not be made as designed. Same for both teams, but the Bengals had a better running game, which was the weather which the weather conditions favored. Our offense did not feature a strong running game. They beat us and perhaps the snow did play a part, but if it did, weather should not, and never should decide a game. like the heat in a Miami game. Having been a season ticket holder for 50 years, sat through many snowy freezing playoff games, I looked forward to someday having a domed stadium, as that is and still is the only thing that makes sense. So why are they going to build an open stadium in Orchard Park? What are they thinking? How does this seem to be the answer? Not only an open stadium, but in the traditional snow belt. We are going to subject the players to playing games in the snow again. Important playoff games. Again, we will be open to ridicule and and jokes. In my opinion, it is a joke to build an open stadium in Orchard Park. Seems funny that they would do that. Almost looks like someone has his or her head out, as to me, this makes no sense. What are they thinking? You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the Buffalo Rocket on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. On to page five, seniority. Ask Rusty, I'm approaching 65. Should I claim Social Security? Dear Rusty, I am fast approaching 65, at least in August, and plan to continue working full-time. I would like to know the implications of that and about drawing Social Security. Same question for my husband, who is past his full retirement age. He will be 67 this year, and he continues to work full-time. Signed, Still Working. Dear Still Working, your question relates to S. married couples. Should Two S married couples should always coordinate their retirement strategy, and you're very smart to do so. Born in 1958, your full retirement age, FRA, for Social Security purposes is 66 years and 8 months. Your full retirement age is the point at which your earnings from work no longer affect your Social Security benefits, but... If you claim at age 65 and continue to work full-time, you will be limited to how much you can earn before they take away some or perhaps all of your benefits. Here's what will happen if you claim Social Security to start in August when you are 65. Your Social Security retirement benefit will be permanently reduced by 11%. You'll only get 89% of your full retirement age entitlement. Your monthly amount will only change thereafter due to cost of living adjustments, C-O-L-A. If you start your benefits in August, you will be subject to an earnings limit, either a monthly limit of $1,770 for the remaining months of the year or the 2023 annual limit of $21,240. If the monthly limit is exceeded, you aren't entitled to benefits for that month or if the annual limit is is exceeded, they will take back benefits equal to $1 for every $2 over the annual limit. Social Security will use whichever method yields the smallest penalty. Beginning in 2024, you will be subject only to Social Security's annual earnings limit, which will be something more than the 2023 annual limit of $21,240. If you exceed the 2024 or 2025 annual limit, Social Security will take away $1 in benefits for every $2 you are over the limit, half of what you exceeded the limit by. The annual limit will be in effect until you reach your full retirement age of 66 years and 8 months in April of 2026. Since your husband has already reached his full retirement age, working full-time will not negatively affect his monthly Social Security benefits if he chooses to claim his Social Security benefits now. However, if he hasn't yet claimed your... Your husband is already earning Delayed Retirement Credits, DRCs, which will increase his benefit when he later claims. DRCs are earned monthly, 0.667% per month, 8% per year, and can be earned up to age 70 when the maximum Social Security benefit is attained. For your husband, his age 70 benefits would be 29% more than he was entitled to at his full retirement age. Whether it is wise to wait longer to claim depends on life expectancy, but the break-even age is about 83 for those who wait until 70 to claim versus claiming at the full retirement age. For your information, the average life expectancy for a man your husband's current age is about 84, and for you, it's about 87. Since you are both still working full-time, be aware that, depending on your combined income from all sources, your Social Security benefits will become part of your taxable income. As a married couple both working full-time, your combined income will likely be over the $44,000 threshold after which income tax will be levied on up to 85% of your Social Security benefits received during the tax year using your normal IRS tax rate. I suggest you consider the income tax implications of claiming Social Security while you are still working full-time. You did not ask about Medicare, but if you and your husband now have creditable care coverage from your employer, creditable is a group plan with at least 20 participants, you can defer enrolling in Medicare Part B until your employer healthcare coverage ends, thus avoiding the Medicare Part B premium while you are still working. On page six, we're finding out what's going on through the grapevine. Community Action Organization of Western New York's DART Program Expansion Open House, Thursday, June 1st. Reunion for all years of Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary School on Albany Street, to be held at Town of Clarence Park, Large Pavilion, capacity 300, at 10 405 Main Street, Clarence, New York, and the date is Sunday, July 9th, 2023, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. It's a potluck. Reservations are a must. RSVP by June 30th to Helen Brown Kurzdofer at 716-400-7977. That's Helen, 716-400-7977. Or Rosie, Deliberto Mendelera at 716-881-1306. That's Rosie at 716-881-1306. The Junior League of Buffalo will host a media day on Friday, June 2nd at St. Patrick's Friary House, this year's decorator's show house. Media are invited to a complimentary sneak peek of the decorated house prior to the official opening. St. John's Grace Episcopal Church will host an interdenominational service for Memorial Day, and that was held on Monday, May 29th. 10 Lives Club Cat Adoption Group is hosting a chicken barbecue on Thursday, June 15th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. at 10 Lives Club Main Shelter, located at 3741 Lakeshore Road in Blaisdell. Meal tickets are $14 pre-sale and $15 the day of and include BW's Smoke and Barrels Barbecue Chicken, Potato Salad, Coleslaw, and a roll and butter. There will also be a can drive, a plant sale, baskets for raffle, and a bake sale. The chicken barbecue meals are takeout only. Enjoy a yummy chicken barbecue meal, all while knowing you are helping the cats at 10 Lives Clubs because all proceeds made from this event will benefit the Cats. For more information on this event visit 10 Lives Club website or call their event coordinator at 716-646-5577 extension number 2. Again you can call the event coordinator at the 10 Lives Club at 716-646-5577 extension number 2. The Tanawanda Kenmore Historical Society and Museum We'll be hosting an open house on Saturday, June 3rd from 11 to 1 p.m. Email information at KenTonHistory.org for more information. Tanawanda Kenmore History Museum is located at 100 Notch Road, Tanawanda, New York. Admission is free, but donations are gratefully accepted. The museum is handicap accessible and has ample parking available. Moving back to page three, we're going to find out the blotter, felonies from D District in North Buffalo on May 21st, Amherst Street. The defendant did continue to follow victim around the building and outside. Victim did watch defendant attempt to break into his front door by using a crowbar. Victim and defendant live in the same apartment complex. On May 21st on Amherst Street, defendant did grab victim by the front of his shirt and push him up against the wall in the hallway, causing alarm and harassment to the victim. On May 17th on Hurdle Avenue, between May 8th and May 9th, defendant and co-defendant did get into a physical altercation with the victim, causing pain, swelling, and bruising to her eye and face. Victim statement included arrest paperwork on the west side on May 21st, Forest Avenue. Defendant did go to his sister's house at 329 Forest Avenue, demanding money. Defendant started to hit the front door with a shovel. That's when the defendant's two juvenile nephews, ages 11 and 16, came outside to ask him to stop. That's when the defendant started to sling his closed fist at both nephews, hitting the younger one, which was aged 11, May 20. on Auburn Avenue, defendant did take without permission complaints purple book bag with her Dell laptop initial value of $700 from her New York registered vehicle. Defendant also has two warrants with the city of Buffalo. Book bag value $200. Book bag also had medical patient files initially not recovered. This caused the complainant substantial inconvenience. Defendant had 24 grams of suspected narcotics powdery substance in his left coat pocket. On May 26th on West Elevent, defendant did threaten to sick her dogs on officers responding to a call at the above address. She did then refuse to disperse while officers were conducting an investigation. Defendant was verbally and physically aggressive with the officers for the duration by pulling away and tensing arms in preparation to strike and did need to be forcibly cuffed. May 19th on West Ferry Street, defendant did put his arm around victim's throat and then did proceed to pull off victim's wig and then throw the victim down the stairway. Riverside on May 22nd on Peter Street. On above date, time and location, juvenile victim and defendant did get into a verbal verbal argument that did turn physical when the defendant did strike victim in the left ear with a metal spear causing laceration victim transported to children's via AMR patrol officer did recover the weapon and did recover evidence from the defendant's key ring on May 14th on Court Street on the above date time and location defendant did during physical altercation at 24 Horton Street stab a victim with a knife multiple times about the abdomen and abdomen and back causing injury and hospitalization defendant also did break from window of defendant's home May nineteenth, Elmwood Avenue, defendant did have one blue post it folded with residue on passenger seat, a plastic vial with white rocks in the up cup holder, and use crack in the center console, used crack in the center console of the New York registered vehicle impounded. All narcotics received and submitted by the patrol officer. On May 15th on Oxford Avenue, Person 1 and Person 2 did get into a heated argument. Person 2 did strike Person 1 in the head and face, causing a laceration to Person 2's left eye, along with swelling and bruising. Quickly, did you know Bottles and Bucks is now playing 7 Cents for Bottles and Cans? That's located at 932 Hurdle Avenue in Buffalo. Did you know Johnny's Meats was voted Best Italian Sausage in Western New York by Buffalo Spree? They're located at 1191 Hurdle Avenue, and one of their meat specials is their own stuffed pork chops at $3.99 a pound. Also, there's Bob and John's La Hacienda. They are in their 50th year. They have an everyday special of large cheese pizza and 20 wings for $3 off. And finally, the Wellington Pub on 1541 Hurdle Avenue has a full menu available for, for takeout, and they are voted the best buffalo's fish fry uh, by, by advance, and they're served all day on Friday only. You have been listening to a reading of articles and features from the May 25th issue of The Buffalo Rocket. Your reader has been Lori. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Good morning, welcome to another broadcast day on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service, a private not for profit organization. Radio Reading volunteers broadcast daily readings of newspapers, magazines, and books to area blind and handicapped persons who are provided reading radios. We broadcast the subcarrier signal of WNEDFM Radio Buffalo, and that's provided without charge by the Western New York Public Broadcasting Association. As always, please feel free to contact us with your comments. Suggestions or any questions you may have, and please stay with us. Our any Phone news is coming up next. The following program is intended for listeners who are blind, have low vision, or another print disability that makes reading holding.